Vendetta on Twitter. 416-870-590-1888-0690. Star 590 on your cell phone. Some tweets from our own Travis McKenzie, who produces the show. In the future, Skynet will, will own all sports teams. At Radio Vendetta. That's me. He was quoting me. When we were getting ready for the show, I was telling him how I visited Twitter and Facebook and how at some point Twitter and Facebook would merge and that George Orwell would be right. He'll be like 50 to 75 years late because we're all going to have chips in our head and they all know what we're thinking. And then at some point it will all be compromised and then Skynet will happen. Don't worry about it. Not a big deal. Some of us won't be around for it. Your kids definitely will. Just make a note. Joey Vendetta said on August 26th at 10.02, and at this time tomorrow we'll have Tim Lewicki on. He's not talking to anybody, but he's going to come on this show. We'll ask him about Skynet, if he thinks Skynet will happen. I'm down with... Actually, by the way, if Skynet goes public, get in. Chris Sayers at Radio Vendetta. Joey, that Blue Jays vodka must be absolute, as in they are absolutely aren't making the postseason. Nice. Brez Fish. Why in the world are you doing an interview with Mike Camilleri on 9 a.m. weekday morning in Toronto? You're out of touch, man. Well, actually, it was 9.15, and, dude, he plays in the NHL. What are you saying right now? Would you like fries with that? Exactly. That's why we're doing an interview with him. We're going to have DeMar DeRozan on this hour. We're also going to talk to Leaf Assistant General Manager Kyle Dubas. And I'm fascinated, fascinated, as I know many of you are, with analytics and how they impact the team. Because, look, you can only spend so much money. There's a salary cap, as we know. And if you look at the Maple Leafs, and someone else tweeted saying, we had we had Kadri on a few minutes ago because got Randy Carlisle to do, the, to do the ice bucket challenge. So... You got Randy to do that. And, you know, bottom line is, I think Kadri's going to have a big year. And the reason I think he's going to have a big year is because the light bulb's going to click on even more for this guy. Oh, Mike O'Brien says, you must be faded. Leafs don't stand a chance, and Kadri's a bust. It's going to be a bloody big mess this year. That's the MLSE slogan. And then... This Fez dude says, can we get someone else to fill in for Jeff Blair? Because I'm clearly an out-of-towner. Yeah, dude, I wasn't born here in anything. Brez Fish. All right. Thanks for your comments. We greatly appreciate them, Brez. And I'll take a large. Can you supersize my fries, please? All right, like I said, we're going to go to the phone line now. And we... Uh... What's his name? Scott in Richmond Hill. Hey, Jay. How are you? I'm good. Dude, let me ask you a question. Uh, let me ask you a question. Yeah, I'll give so, you my last version. Okay, so no, let me give, ask you a question. Does having Michael Camilleri on the show at 915 mean I'm out of touch, in your opinion? It bothered me a bit. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Just asking. Listen, that was, that was an unsolicited, right, unstaged opinion. 
unsolicited stage. I love people that sit in their basement and sniff glue and then complain. So anyway, tell me. I'm a counter too, though. So I was born in California. So all right. So your thoughts on the Blue Jays? Your thoughts on the Blue Jays? Uh, well, if you want a glass comparison, normally most people know me. My glass is not just half full; it's full overflowing. In this case, half full of vodka, and then the air that spilled out into the rest of the room. It just feels like the air has been sucked out of the room. I'm going to have to drink the vodka. But uh, when you look at uh, Batista's antics yesterday, I think most people missed the fact. No, the day before yesterday, his antics yesterday oh, were yeah, great. He broke up a yeah, double play, played you. great. I agree with yeah, you. I totally agree with. He you. was awesome yesterday. Thank you. Yeah, I work evening, so my sure, I'm sure, fun. I get it. Uh, <laughs> but the day before yesterday, uh, they missed the first strike in that at bat. That's where the conversation started. Batista went out of the batting box. He's usually right back in. He turned his back. He looked up. Tons of things were said without a word being spoken. And because of the history between him and the umpire, he'd already gone to the end of his leash. So when the same ball was thrown in the same area, the umpire already said, I'm calling this a strike. And Batista, all he had to do was make any sort of gesture or comment. That's why he was up. Most I did not see that part of the. No, play. I know, I know, and all I'm saying is that when you when you look at Bill Welke and what he did, regard look, you're right. When you, when you establish the strike zone, regardless of how close it is to not being a strike or how close it is to being a strike, when you establish the the strike zone, you are the umpire, and that's your domain. And then on the other side of the coin, when when you're wrong and then you just take it out on a player, which I think, look, Welke did. Jose didn't say anything. Jose didn't say anything out of line that warranted being thrown out. Jose was correct. Okay, Welke, you got to go after the guy just says they were both down. They were both down. It's a one-run game. He's right. And Bill Welke is wrong. And Jose is a guy that we know is targeted. So we got a couple more calls here, but we're going to take another break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk to DeMar DeRozan, who plays for the Toronto Raptors but is playing for Team USA in Spain right now. And before that, we're going to talk to a guy that's really smart. He knows how to analyze and crunch numbers and will hopefully help the Toronto Maple Leafs make the playoffs this season when we return on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Cooler than Math Club and almost as cool as Chess Club, The Fan Club. Log on to sportsnet590.ca. Now more of the Jeff Blair Show with special guest host Joey Vendetta on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Sixteen minutes after 10 o'clock, Joseph P. Vendetta, Esquire, in for Jeff Blair. The Dubas brothers, or the Doobie brothers, sorry. Although, Toronto Maple Leaf assistant general manager, Kyle Doobie Dubas is on the line. Kyle, thanks a lot for doing this. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you today? Good. Am I allowed to give you a nickname? You, you, do, you do whatever you like. You, you've been, what's your nickname? Is your nickname Doobie because your last name's Dubas? I get uh, Doobie, Duber, Dubes, whatever works. Which one do you like, or do you hate them all? I kind of like them all. I guess it's it's fair to say. So, looking on your Twitter page at Kyle Dubas, and we had Mike Camilleri on the show earlier, and Mike said that he's no longer on Twitter. He's got a family now, and just he, he found that it was a bit of a distraction. What, what are your thoughts? We're going to talk 
about your specialty and analytics. Much has been made about your hiring with the Toronto Maple Leafs and how the Leafs have now entered the digital age by doing this, which I, you know, I think it's it's interesting the the slant that the, the that your hiring has been taken in, in many circles. But I just, what are your thoughts on social media and and athletes? We got RG three in Washington, who's you know a, a, attack not attacking but defending himself from being attacked from people that are that he says, I'm going to show you non-believers. I've been through this before. Do you think it becomes a a distraction? I think people can let it become a distraction, Joey, for sure. I, um, and I think you have to go and search it out on there. And and if you want to look for people that that are going to be critical of you, if you're in sports, you can find them. Um, There's, there's just that, that comes with the territory. I, I look at Twitter. I think it's, it's a tremendous, uh, tool, to find information and good information and to improve um, and to improve the way that I think and, the, and improve the things that I learn upon, uh, really. I've, I've found it to be outstanding in terms of being a central place that, that people can share ideas. I, I don't really look at it as, uh, as a place to have to go on and argue with people and fight with people or anything like that. Uh, I, I don't think that's the best use for it. But if you're looking to go on and, and find information and and improve um, you know your your intelligence level or your skill set I, I think it's terrific okay so let's talk about the the age of analytics and how this is going to impact the Toronto Maple Leafs moving forward we we know that you were able to build a an analytics department in junior and were able to do this on a shoestring budget and you came to Toronto, right? Look, you, you, you're one of those guys. I think your one of your, one of your quotes was from your, your granddad, never let the grass grow under your feet, keep moving. And I think that's a, you know, a mantra a lot of people could actually adhere to and would probably, probably help them. But you know, look, when you were, when you're in the Sioux, you didn't, you don't have anywhere near the budget that you have with the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, first off, when you got hired by the Leafs, were you like a kid in a candy store thinking about all the possibilities? Uh, I think in, in hockey particularly, Joey, there's a lot of bad places that you can spend the money uh, if you want to. I mean, since I've been there, uh, and it's been just over a month now, we've had a number of people approach us and a number of firms approach us about the, you know, basically selling that the fact that they have the the secrets that unlock the way that that hockey works, and basically, you know, if you do this and you subscribe to what we're what we're doing, you'll go eighty two and all. And uh, life just doesn't work that wait, way. Wait, wait, wait! Uh, Hold on a second, Kyle. Somebody actually said that to you? No, I'm oh. I'm uh, I'm I'm paraphrasing and, and being sarcastic. You're, but, uh, you're being facetious. You know, I get it. Yes, extremely. So. But, you know, there's a lot of that out there, and I think what that's served to do is kind of make people weary. I think in hockey, there's a mad rush for people to get hockey to where baseball and soccer and basketball are. And in those sports, everything took time with the way that the game was analyzed. And when you start to rush it and you start to subscribe to things that are are rushing the process along, I think you can knock yourself off the rails. So even though it would be easy to, you know, I, I think goes without saying the Toronto Maple Leafs have more resources than the Sioux Greyhounds. It doesn't mean that, that 
we should just rush our approach and, and, you know, just be different just to be different. I think we want to investigate um, all areas of the game and analyze them as, as deeply as we can, but make sure that we're not uh, running into chasing down into a rabbit hole that we have no idea what we're looking for down there. So how much of your job, and if you're just joining us, I'm Joey Vendetta, Sportsnet 590, the fan. It's 10-22 on this Tuesday, August the 26th. And Kyle Dubas is our guest, assistant general manager, 28 years old, and a an analytics expert and being hailed, you know, at the time of his hiring as, a, you know, a future superstar in, in the NHL and in scouting and, and in doing things the the new way, the new school kind of way. And so, Kyle, you said you don't want to go down a rabbit hole and, and you got to be careful. How much of your job is, I'll use the term, unfrightening people? People are afraid of things they don't know and they're afraid of change and they're afraid of the future. And I will just say this before I let you answer. I got the chance to go to Google and Facebook a couple of weeks ago. And when you go to Google... You go in there, and the environment on that campus, and it is a campus, right? They have dry cleaners. Uh-huh. They have free food for everybody. Everybody that works there can stay there 24 hours a day. They have places for you to sleep. They have showers. Facebook is a little more hippie in that Google was very controlled, and they don't want you wandering off anywhere if you're, you know, you're a guest. We couldn't even eat in the cafeteria. You go to Facebook the next day, and they let you eat in the cafeteria. Again, free food, snacks everywhere for all the employees, and a world that many people don't understand and are afraid of. So how much of your job, and again, you're just a month in, is educating and creating an environment where people are not afraid of this? Well, I, I think first off, uh, Joey, like it, the, the analytics part, I think it's what everyone is clinging to and what everybody asks about, what everybody writes about. But that's a just a small portion of my job with the Leafs. So, I mean a small portion of that small portion is spent on trying to find, you know, ways to basically explain the concepts to people that, that have been advanced. And I certainly am not an expert on it. There've been, there've been people, uh, you know, preceding me far and far in advance and have done far more work on it um, that have done an excellent job in, in kind of blazing the trail. Um, but a small portion of my time is spent trying is just, explaining basic concepts and explaining um you know the the elements of the game that that do have an analytical slant to them but uh you know i I think that the thing that i realized with the leafs in the in the first month is that people are very open to to change and and they're excited about learning different things and and i'm excited to learn things from all every single person that works there so i've really enjoyed the culture so far and and uh, the the relationships there so far um i'm the type that anything that's different and and new i i like to i like to learn about as quickly as possible that's that's just the way that i am Uh, and i think i'll always be that way so you know people doing things differently or different concepts are the things that i like to attach myself to and and learn about and i think that'll just be the way that i carry on our guest is kyle dubas assistant general manager of the toronto maple leafs i'm joey vendetta you're listening to sportsnet 590 the fam we're actually going to have tim lywicki on tomorrow at 10 o'clock the head of mlse who as everyone knows will be sticking around well at least he says he'd like to stick around another year and look he hired brendan shanahan and brendan shanahan came in and 
didn't make a bunch of sweeping changes, but now has made some changes. There's, you know, new assistant coaches, new assistant general manager, and hiring, you know, Brandon Pridham now. So now there's two assistant GMs, and, you know, Brandon's taking the, the, the role of Claude Loisel, who left. And so now between you and, and Brandon, Kyle, what, what do you think the, uh, the division of roles is? How do your two roles differ? Well, Brandon is, uh, you know, he, he knows the, the CBA and the cap inside and out, which I think as everybody knows and, you know, in, in the NHL, the way that the business of it operates and, and the salary cap, having someone with Brandon's experience uh, with the CBA and with the cap is, is absolutely vital and, and an advantage uh, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, you know, so that, you know, it's been good, you know, being, getting able to meet Brandon here his first day in the office was yesterday so in terms of clearly defining our roles and so on and so forth um, I think those things evolve over over time Um, you know the large part of my time has been spent on um, you know getting ready for for training camp and and just kind of evaluating the different facets of of the organization and um, you know being being prepared for when training camp starts with regards to all topics staff roster the players under contract so on and so forth so i'm uh, excited about that i'm really excited that you know we've, we've got a excellent staff there um with brendan and dave nonis and brandon pridham and reed mitchell it's uh, it's been exciting so far and i'm looking forward to everybody being you know august is a slower month in the nhl uh, that as i've learned here in the last little bit so time a lot of people take holidays and so on and so forth but you know it's starting next week and the week after when everyone starts rolling back into town it's uh, it's going to be a pretty exciting time uh for for the leafs and, and for me personally to just be able to learn more and, and uh, adapt myself better to uh to working for the leafs so growing up were you a toronto maple leaf fan i was not no no i was not so i i uh, i've been asked that uh, uh quite a bit but the the uh the truth is no and your team was? Uh, well, my whole entire family is uh, Detroit Red Wings fans, and um, wanting to be different, I, uh, I jumped off that bandwagon in the early 90s and uh, jumped on with the expansion Ottawa Senators, uh, which uh, proved to be not a, an overly wise decision because the Red Wings, as everybody knows, went on to win three Stanley Cups, and, and, the, uh, and my dreams were crushed every spring, mostly by the Toronto Maple Leafs and eliminating the Senators, whether they were favored or underdogs or, or even. So um, I have a very uh, good knowledge of, of what, it's, uh, what it's like to uh, get the wrath of, of Leaf fans and, and how passionate they are about the team, um, as I experienced in the playoffs as a Senators fan growing up. Okay, so... For Kyle Dubas now, new to this job, a month in, you've got a team that has been reshaped in the offseason. You know, we had Nazem Kadri on earlier talking about the ice bucket challenge and Randy Carla got dumped on yesterday. Uh, have you taken the ice bucket challenge yet, by the way? I have, yes, with Carlton the Bear uh, last week. <laughs> and who did you challenge? I challenged uh, Tim Bezvachenko from uh, TFC, Alex Anthopoulos uh, from the uh, from the Blue Jays and uh, and the Arkells. And you're going to see the Arkells. You're a big Arkells fan. I am a big Arkells fan. Yes, I'm a big music fan in general, but a, a very big uh, fan of the Arkells. Okay, before we let you go, so you look at this 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 roster. You've got 
Kessel at eight million, Lupul at five point two five, Clark's in the same, JVR, who I think is a steal at four two five, Tyler Bozak at four two. Then you the team brings in Komarov just under three. Nas makes just under three. And then you bring in a bunch of new guys. You bring in Mike Santarelli. Daniel Winning, and when I say you, I'm being, I'm using the royal you, the Leafs, and you're part of that now. And David Booth and 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 Petri Contiola, who's a was a sought after commodity outside of the NHL, and bringing back Matt Fratton, and you've still got Peter Holland and Troy Bodie. This team looks like it's going to be much better in the bottom six than it was last year. So, what do you, from an just an analytical perspective, talking to the fans listening to this show? What do you say to a player, or is that dispensed through the coach? How will the analytical process, or in your mind, how has it worked? How did it work in the Sioux? How did you apply it? Well, we we dealt with it more on the between the management and the coaching staff. We never ever once used the terms Corsi or Fenwick with the players. We tried to, and I don't think it's incumbent on the players to have a vast and deep knowledge of those types of things. I think it's incumbent on the players to, to come into camp in elite shape and to come into camp prepared to maximize their potential and ability each season. And it's up to the organization to put the players in a, in a best chance, in a best position to succeed uh, if they can attain their own uh, duties through, through the off season and season. Uh, in the Sioux, we never, ever use those terms with the players. We focused on building systems and strategies which could best capitalize on their talents within um, the outcomes that we were looking for to build a better process. And so that's what we'll do. I mean, the players won't be inundated with with a lot of terms and and deeper analysis. I think, you know, we've got between Randy Carlisle and Peter Horacek, Steve Spott and Chris Dennis, the coaching staff, that's, uh, that's a very, very good one. And I'm excited to to work with them and see them um, really get their hands on, on the roster. And I know that, you know, Brendan and Dave Nonis and all of us feel that same way and excited to see how we adapt and how we, how we can, uh, can change and continue to push each other to get better. But you don't, I don't think you see benefit by inundating the players with, with, you know, the deeper analysis. I think in, in sports, as it, as it gets more proven and further along, the players invest themselves in it. You see that in basketball with guys like Kevin Durant and LeBron James. They've got their own stats people, per se. Uh, but right now, we're not there yet in hockey. See, um, I don't see Phil Kessel hiring his own stats person. Well, he might be surprised. <laughs> maybe maybe one day. So I don't, I don't, Phil's a, Phil's an elite player. I don't. I think he's he just keep doing what he's doing. He'll be fine. He just needs to count the goals and the assists. He does pretty well on both. So look, before we let you exactly. go, you brought in brought in a couple of guys, Daryl Metcalf, Cam Sharon, and they the outside guys. And I've noticed this in the entertainment business in general, whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it's media, with the proliferation of digital, there's been this opportunity for fans people that start off essentially as fans you know i mean guys that that have blogs or guys that are you know you know look at look at look at women in the fashion industry they 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 put up a blog and all of a sudden someone's buying it for several million dollars because they create their own business so you know these these two guys came from outside the walls of the nhl per se you know and metcalf had a a site called extraskater.com and and sharon was like a freelance writer so talk a little bit about that and bringing in people from outside the organization who are just seem to be very good at what they do. Well, we we haven't officially brought uh, 
brought anybody in yet. Um, but I think in general, Joey... Uh, well, it's been reported that they're being reported. brought in, so it's not confirmed allegedly. yet. So talk about allegedly. that. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> so I think in, in all, one thing that I, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about is I think that in all walks of, of life and business, uh, there's a lot of value and knowledge to be had by by people who are are different than than the conventional employee uh, in, in a certain sector. Uh, they, they view things differently. They evaluate things differently. And especially, there's um, you know there's a lot of value to be had. I think in in having people who are highly intelligent, and that's and I think in, in sports. I think we look a lot to just to men. I think there's a, a lot of women uh, in sports that we could that, uh, and I think that's the next frontier is to break down that wall and and look outside of of just male employees and, and look towards. There's a lot of women that that I read uh, online that do a lot of great work in, in hockey analysis. And I think if you if you get outside of looking to convention for for bringing people in, you can you can open up your your eyes quite a bit and and uh, improve um, you know the intelligence of of your organization and and that's basically what what I've, we try to do in Sault Ste. Marie and that we'll can try to that I'll, I'll always look to to learn from and do now in Toronto but I, I see value in, in people that aren't haven't been fully immersed in the culture and that, that think differently and don't have thought processes ingrained uh, totally from from the beginning all right before we let you go because You've been pegged as a mathematician and a scientist, uh-huh. but but you love uh-huh. music, which is very unmathematical and very unscientific, and comes from the heart and and is more emotional. You talk about you're you're into music, so other than the Arkells, what artists are you into? Uh, right now, I've been uh, I've been I have a lot of time on the train to listen to to different music, so. Uh, right now, uh, my playlist is, well, the Arkells have a new album out called High Noon, and then uh, the Gaslight Anthem have a new album out as well. Um, I'm a big fan of Joel Plaskett, who's uh, also a Canadian uh, musician, and uh, Vampire Weekend as well. That's kind of what my playlist is uh, is revolving around right now, and then I always have a lot of uh, Bruce Springsteen kind of rolled in there. I like all different types of music, but that's that's what's uh, that's what's going on right now. Yeah, you certainly do. You got the you got the hipster pseudo alternative, and then you throw in a classic rock legend like Bruce, who still makes new music and is still contemporary. You know, so thank you, thank right. you very much for doing this, Kyle. Greatly appreciate no, it. No problem. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, good luck. Good luck this year. That is Kyle Dubas, assistant general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and a guy that, as I said, was. You know, it was pegged as this analytical savior and a guy that was coming into a team that hadn't embraced analytics on any level and just thumbed their nose quite famously at analytics. We're trying to get DeMar DeRozan on the line. He's in Spain. No, where is he? No, no, I said we're trying to get him. Yeah, Travis just said we're tracking it on. He's in Spain, so we're trying to find him. So we're going to get DeMar on hopefully here in a couple of minutes. But so anyway, to finish the thought, you've got a team that has tons of money to hire front office staff and is, has the most staff in the league. I would, I would bet that, right? I would bet that the Leafs have the most staff in the league. So you got Brendan Shanahan coming in, and Tim Laiwiki again is going to be on the show tomorrow at 10 a.m., and we'll ask him about this amongst other things. But, you know, the Leafs are changing. 
The Leafs are absolutely changing. They're changing the way they do business. They're changing the culture, as Tim said when he brought in Brendan Shanahan. There's no argument. Look, when you bring in, you can say what you want about Roman Pollock. But Roman Pollock at under three million bucks, right-handed shot. You know, Stefan Robida, I, I think they overpaid. Guy's coming off a badly broken leg. But he has a massive heart. Massive. And a guy that holds guys accountable. And the same thing with, with, with Pollock. You know, this guy famously, infamously, in the St. Louis Blues dressing room was one of the quiet guys that, you know, like could bench, bench press a million pounds. And guys were kind of a little intimidated by him because he's one of those guys that had to work for everything and is not a skilled player and backs his guys up. So when you look at the Leaf D, and remains to be seen what will happen with, you know, look, Franzen's there for another year, but who knows if he gets traded. And I, and I like Cody Franzen. So yeah, is he everything that that you want in a defenseman? No, but he led the team in points. So, again, you go back to the, the, the Bautista thing where people are saying get rid of Bautista. Well, at $14 million bucks, he's a steal. And Cody Franzen at 3.3. Um, so I think we're going to call DeMar. Travis, give him a call. He just texted me. He just got up from a nap. So I don't know what the time zone is. So we're going to... We're going to get DeMar on right now and have a quick chat with him because amazing what DeMar DeRozan has done in this offseason. You know, this is a guy that continues to work really hard at his craft, and he's been rewarded. He's one of only 12 players, USA Basketball, right? And look at the guys that he is playing with. Like making Team USA with Derek Rose. I mean, like Anthony Davis, Plumley. I mean, this, it's crazy. Harden, like great names. So we have DeMar DeRozan on the line. DeMar, how are you, man? Thanks for doing this. And sorry, sorry that we woke you up. I know that you're, it's a different time zone and you're probably all jet lagged and stuff man how you doing today i'm doing good it's all good you know, we're just talking about the it's amazing you know I, and i texted you congratulations a couple of times on on making the roster first off how do you feel you know making the team usa roster what what does it mean to you oh, man, it's, honestly it's just it's, it's a big honor you know because it's only you know 12 of us that selected you know 12 you know, out our lead, and you know, it's just definitely a great honor to represent my country. You know, doing something I love to do. And when you made the team, what like at that moment when you found out, uh, your phone must have been inundated with texts from from well wishers and uh, all your friends and stuff, right? That had to be cool. Oh yeah, that was definitely cool. You know, just just to see everybody acknowledging it was definitely a great thing because, you know, um, how hard I worked just to get to that point and you know, just everybody, you know, congratulating me. It was definitely a cool thing. And you say how hard you worked, right? Like, you, in the off season, you're one of those guys that has worked hard to get better. And we know what happened here in Toronto last year and how, you know, Jurassic Park and the fans rallied around this team and, and you know, and, and how Masai helped galvanize this team and how Dwayne helped galvanize this team. And now you've, you know, you've achieved something that 
is a fantastic honor because when you when you say Demar Derozan and and the names in the conversation are Kyrie Irving and James Harden and Derrick Rose and Clay Thompson and Rudy Gay and and Demarcus Cousins and like just you know Andre Drummond and look obviously Rudy left Toronto but still an elite player you know that that's an amazing compliment. Why have you chosen to take the the, the route that you've taken in the off season and and every year? have, you know, worked out hard and always shown up in the US, USA basketball camps and played against the teams that were going to the Olympics and that kind of stuff. Like, wh- when did you get that in your head that this would be beneficial to you? Because a lot of guys don't. Right. You know, to me, you know, I just realized with this game of basketball, you we only get a certain amount of time to do it. You know, we it's not like being a teacher or something where you could do it for 30 years, 35 years, then you retire. You know, we only get a certain amount of time to do it in. You know, my mindset every off season is, you know, is is to get better and let it be known that you know I'm working, I'm getting better because, you know, you you only can do this for so long. I want to maximize every type of skill that I have. You know, prove people wrong. You know, prove myself wrong. You know, show people that you know hard work does pays off, and it's just not a cliche. And you know, being a part of USA Basketball, you got to understand you going at elite players on both sides of the court. You're around elite players who've been been who's been in the league a long time, who understand the game. Just to be around that, you know, you gain so much knowledge from it off and on the court. Okay, so now you're you know, you're going into this tournament, you're getting you're getting ready to play at the FIBA championships. Uh, you know, look, the team USA is pretty strong. Who do you who do you think provides the the stiffest competition for for Team USA in this tournament, you know I think you know obviously Spain, you know, uh, you know everybody knows the type of team they have with the amount of pros that they have on that team, and you know they're definitely going to be an elite team that we're going to have to, you know, hopefully we get to that we both get to that gold medal game and you know go against each other, and especially with it being in in Madrid, you know, on their home floor, so it definitely should be uh, a great thing. Yeah, and you open on the 30th uh, against Finland. And look, let's talk about the the actual tournament. So in a short tournament with guys that you haven't really played extensively and haven't had a ton of practice time, what do you think is what do you think is the most important thing for, for a team to, to come together? Is it just you rely on talent? Or is there, you know, with, with Coach K, is there, is there a lot of system stuff going on? Um, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both, but I think, with everybody coming together on this team, you know, everybody put their egos aside. Everybody going out there doing whatever it takes to win. You know, everybody on this team is, mostly everybody on this team is a star of the star of their team. So just being able to get out your comfort zone and doing other things you might not do in your respective team to go out here and help the team win. You know, every night somebody's role will be different, you know, and, and we all we all accepted, accepted that. You know, at the beginning of joining USA Basketball, and we all understand that, and that's what it's going to take to win. And, you know, the team's heavy at the guard spot, but there's a lot of guys that can slide up into the three and four spot. So it's interesting that they've that, that they've gone that way with with some guys on this team, right? Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, and it's, it's going, you know, I think a lot of, you're going to see a lot of games in the tournament where it's going to be a lot of diverse lineups out there you know you might see small lineups you might see big lineups you might see three four guards out there at one time you know that's that's the uniqueness that we have on this team that i think no other team has in the tournament 
And Demar, before we let you go, because I know you got a, you got a game tonight. Actually, you got an exhibition game tonight. But talk about the Toronto Raptors briefly in, in, in this season. Oh, we actually lost him, so we'll try and we'll try and get him back here. But I was going to say, you know, the season that the Toronto Raptors had, Demar Derozan is a guy that just grew in so many ways. And as you can hear, you know, and think about this: they're going to, you know, now that they paid Kyle, the Raptors are going to have to pay Demar at some point. I mean. He's making just over three million bucks. You want to talk about a deal, right? You want to talk about a deal and a steal. This team, this year, and you talk to so many pundits in the U.S. It's amazing how the Raptors aren't even part of the conversation, and I think it's just because out of sight, out of mind. You know, Damar, hey, you're back. I'm, I'm going to ask you one more question. I was saying, you know, in the U.S., and, you, and you're, you're from California, you're from, the, you know, L.A. area, is the American, you know, the American sports landscape and, and the American public, like the Raptors are not on the radar, man. It's because you're in Canada. They don't even understand how good of a team this, this team can be. Two, two questions before I let you go. What was the last season like for you in terms of growth and where you came to and what you became? And what do you look forward to this year from the Toronto Raptors? Um, you know, last year was just you know, every single day was a work in progress. You know, every single day wasn't a day off. And, you know, everybody on the team had a mindset of, you know, um, proving, proving, you know, not just people wrong, but, you know, our, ourselves, you know, proving, proving to ourselves, you know, this hard work that we've been putting in and, you know, we, we, can, we can really make something happen. You know, we played with a chip on our shoulder every single game, no matter who we played against. We we felt like and we knew we could beat them. So, um, and, you know, I expect the same thing this year. You know, people never gave us credit. You know, that's fine with us. We don't complain. We're going to go out there every single game. You know, teams going to understand. You're going to get our best shots, and you got to come ready. Well, I think you're going to be ready, and I think it's cool that you're under the radar as far as the the, you know the the public in the U.S. goes, and maybe maybe the sports media in the U.S. I don't think you're under the radar with other teams. I think I think teams are going to be ready for you, and that's going to be a new challenge for the Toronto Raptors and Demar Derozan. Good luck at the tournament, at the FIBA World Cup tournament, and and thanks a lot for doing this, man. No problem. We'll talk to you soon. That is Demar Derozan on Sportsnet 590, the Fan at 10:48. I'm Joey Vendetta in for Jeff Blair. Jeff Blair will be here at noon. Baseball Central with Joe Siddle, the Jays tonight. Against the Red Sox, the second of three at the Rogers Center. R.A. Dickey trying to keep the tenuous, the life support hopes of your Toronto Blue Jays alive. Against Ruby De La Rosa. Look, the Blue Jays, at the end of July, swept the Red Sox, right? And since then, won one series. They have won one series. So the Jays have to win this series. Dropping another three-game set to Boston, done. It's over. We know it's close to over right now. But five and a half games back in the wild, the second wild card. Okay? Dunzo. Finished. And if, again, we were talking about being the, the, the cockeyed optimists, Jay's losing an extra innings last night. And I have to say the thing that, and I, and now, you know, watching the game, Sanchez throwing a Cespedes, is throwing heat. It's working. And then 
he doesn't throw heat and it doesn't work. And it's a learning opportunity. You got to hope. You got to hope that he's learned. And he actually, you know, he if, if you listen to this clip, we actually have a clip of him talking about it. You're going to find it here. Aaron Sanchez says that, you know, he left the ball over the plate, right? He left the ball over the plate. Cespedes cracks it. Game over. Situation in the game, a little infield hit there. You know, the, the replay on the stolen base. He's still second. I'm not thinking of anything. I got two outs. Um, just ball left over the plate. So he admits to making a, a mental mistake. And here he talks about why he didn't throw a fastball after having success with it earlier. I mean, me and Navi, we, we've been clicking ever since I went to the pen. And, and he, this is what he thought. And I was convicted in throwing that pitch. And I need to do a better job of, of making that pitch where it needs to be, and I'll leave it over the middle. <laughs> That's, and game over. Now, is that a mental error? Is that a Navarro error? Is that a young pitcher not understanding that when you have a hitter? And look, Cespedes can be wild. He can swing and miss all day long, but there's a reason the Oakland A's are not scoring runs like they did when he was in the lineup. He's a big, meaty hitter and a guy that makes guys around him better. Not a lot of guys in baseball do that. And Sanchez, young, doesn't know all the subtle nuances. Here he talks about, you know, and look, it's funny because it was pretty obvious you got to throw the ball in the dirt in that situation. The count being 1-2 or 0-2 or whatever it was, the ball needs to be in the dirt. Says it himself. Not saying anything he didn't say. Pretty obvious. Vendetta in for Blair. Jay Sox tonight, 7 o'clock, right here. Sportsnet 590, the fan. You can listen. You can watch on Sportsnet. And up next, Fed Action-packed program today. Mike Camilleri, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Dubas, Assistant General Manager from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Fantastic group of individuals. City Councilor, Ward 6, Mark Grimes. He's in City Council right now, I think. So we're going to try and get him on the phone because I don't know if you know what's going on. We had DeMar on from the Raptors, but the Raptors facility their dream of fields, their court, their, their, their field of dreams, excuse me, their court of dreams has been approved. Yet, of course, Rob Ford has to get in the middle of it, right? Of course, Rob Ford has to get in the middle of it. We'll talk to Mark Grimes about, and there's a great picture, at Mark underscore Grimes on Twitter of Mark with Tim LeWicki, who will be a guest on this show tomorrow at 10 a.m. So listen, alert your friends. Tim Laiwicki on the program tomorrow. We'll talk to Mark Grimes about what's going down with the Raptors practice facility when we return on Sportsnet 590, The Fan.